0: Faith powers, chapter four, the secret of faith cures. Among the many phases and forms of the application and manifestation of the mental principle of faith power is that important phase or form known generally as faith cure. The consideration of the phenomena arising from the application and manifestation of this phase or form of faith power is well worthwhile, not alone because of their importance on their own account, but also because of the fact that in such consideration there is brought to light the operation of the potent force inherent in such general principle itself. By faith cures meant the cure of disease by the exercise of faith in some external force or power or in the force or power inherent in the mental or spiritual nature of the mind or soul of the individual. The following definitions given by authoritative reference works will perhaps bring out still more clearly the essential elements and meaning of this concept and term. Faith cure, or faith healing, is a form of mind cure characterized by the idea that while pain and disease really exist, they may be neutralized and dispelled by faith in divine power. The doctrine of Christian science holds, however, that pain is only an illusion and seeks to cure the patient by instilling into him this belief. Faith cure is a term applied to the practice of curing disease by an appeal to the hope, belief or expectation of the patient and without the use of drugs or other material means. Formerly, faith cure was confined to methods requiring the exercise of religious faith, such as the prayer cure and divine healing, but has now come to be used in the broader sense and includes the cures of mental science also a large part of the cures affected by patent medicines and nostrums, as well as many folk practices and home remedies. My summit is held to include also Christian science, but the believers in the latter regard it as entirely distinct. Careful investigators and researchers along these lines are now generally agreed that the cures undoubtedly made by the various practitioners of the numerous schools and forms of faith cure under their different names and theories of cure, have as their underlying effective principle the mental condition or state of faith. This principle operating so as to call forth the innate power of the mental physical organism to resist and to overcome the abnormal conditions which manifest as disease. Thus, all cures brought by the mental forces of the individual under whatever name or method are at the last faith cures that this innate power to resist and overcome disease actually exists in the human organism is now admitted by the best authorities. It is known as the protective and recuperative power of the organism, or else as this medicatrix naturae, or the healing power of nature. The power is known to dwell in that part of the mental equipment of man known as the subconscious mentality which has direct control and supervision of many of the physical processes and which is absolutely in charge of the involuntary processes, by means of which the most important functions of the body are performed. This innate power of the organism, so lodged in the subconscious mentality, is found to respond readily to the ideas accepted as true by the individual, to his beliefs in short. These beliefs are forms of faith at the last. The belief and faith of the individual in the effect and influence of any energy, force, or power is capable not only of affecting cures of diseased conditions, but also of inducing and bringing about such conditions in the first place. That belief, expected attention, confident expectation, in short faith, is capable of causing the manifestation of conditions of physical disease, is now too well established to admit of doubt. Advanced schools of therapeutics recognize this fact and impart instruction based upon it, that the same kind of mental conditions act in the direction of curing disease is now practically admitted by the same schools. Science, after extended investigations of the subject, now holds that the truth, or lack of it, involved in the respective particular religious, metaphysical, or philosophical theories advanced by the different faith-cure schools really have nothing whatsoever to do with the curative principle really employed, except that the plausibility of such theories may tend to arouse and maintain the belief and faith, the expectant attention and confident expectation of the patient, thereby setting into operation the innate healing powers of the organism through the activities of the subconscious mentality. The fact that the various opposing schools with their widely differing and often absolutely opposing sets of theories are found to make cures in about the same proportion to the cases treated is held to point conclusively to the existence of this common and universal element of faith as the real factor of the cures. It is admitted by practical psychologists that the expectant attention, the confident expectation, the faith of the average person is more keenly aroused and more firmly held by the attractive religious or metaphysical explanations offered by many of these schools of faith core than by the coldly scientific explanation furnished by scientific observers. Such attractive explanations and theories appeal more strongly to the imagination and thus more easily set in force the activities of the subconscious mentality. But, When science administers its mask suggestion in sufficiently attractive guises, it produces results equally efficient. The glowing verbal pictures painted by the quacks, the charlatans, and the patent cure promoters among the material remedy practitioners, as well as the exploiters of nostrums and patent medicines, however, are quite attractive to the average imagination. And as a consequence, many cures are made this way. In all of such cases, be it noted, the theory and the method are merely incidental. The principle of faith cure is the active factor in the cure. It is not a matter so much of just what is believed in and is the object of faith as it is just how much it is believed in and becomes an object of faith. The theory and method of the instrument and vehicle of the treatment is merely the capsule in which the active and potent force of faith is hidden. Faith cure in its many forms is as old as the race. It has been practiced from time immemorial, Formerly practiced by the medicine men of the tribes through incantations, magic ceremonies, charms, etc. It gradually was taken over by the priesthood of the various early religions, and its instruments were prayers, sacred rites, sacred objects, etc., The history of mental medicine is filled with innumerable forms of the application of this potent force of faith and confident expectation of expectant attention, as the scientific writers call it. The same principle operated through the instrumentality of various strange drugs and medicines in the history of material medicine, as reference to the medical textbooks show beyond a doubt. The Encyclopedia Britannica, in its article on faith healing it says, in the Christian church, the tradition of faith healing dates from the earliest days of Christianity upon the miracles of the New Testament. Follow cases of healing, first by the apostles, then by their successors. But faith healing proper is gradually from the third century onwards transformed into trust and relics, though faith cures occur sporadically at times. Catherine of Siena is said to have saved Father Matthew from dying of the plague, but in this case, it is rather the healer who was strong in faith. With the Reformation, faith healing proper reappears among the Monrovians and the Waldensians, who like the peculiar people of our own day, put their trust in prayer and anointing with oil. In the 16th century, we find faith cares recorded of Luther and other reformers. In the next century, the Baptists, Quakers, and other Puritan sects. And in the 18th century, the faith healing of the Methodists in this country was paralleled by pietism in Germany. In the 19th century, Prince Hohenloh, canon of Groswardian, was a famous healer on the continent. The Mormons and Irvingites were prominent among English-speaking peoples. In the last quarter of the 19th century, faith healing became popular in London and Bethson. Homes were opened in 1881, and since then it has found many adherents in England. Under faith healing, in a wider sense, may be included one, the cures in the temples of Asclepius and other deities in the ancient world. Two, the practice of touching for the king's evil in vogue from 11th to the 18th century. Three, the cures of Valentine Greatrakes, the stroker, 1628 to 1683. And four, the miracles of lords and other resorts of pilgrims, among which may be mentioned St. Winfred's Well in Flintshire, Trebs, with his holy coat. The grave of the Jansenist, F de Paris in the 18th century, the little known town of Kevalar from 1641 onwards, the tombs of St. Louis, Francis of Assisi, Catherine of Siena, and others. From the psychological point of view, all these different kinds of faith healing, as indeed all kinds of faith healing, as indeed all kinds of mind fear, including those of Christian science and hypnotism, depend upon suggestions. In faith healing proper, not only are powerful direct suggestions used, but the religious atmosphere and the auto-suggestions of the patient cooperate, especially when the cures take place during a period of religious revival or at other times when large assemblies and strong emotions are found. The suggestibility of large crowds is markedly greater than that of individuals, and to this greater faith must be attributed the greater success of the fashionable places of pilgrimage. The suggestibility of large crowds is markedly greater than that of individuals, and to this greater faith must be attributed the greater success of the fashionable places of pilgrimage. In general accounts of the phenomena of faith healing, such as the one above quoted, you will generally find two points needing more detailed comment, namely one, the point that cures are made even when the patients do not believe in the healing power invoked, and two, the easy reference of the basic cause to suggestion, the statement often being made that it is merely suggestion. Let us consider these two points in a little further detail. In the first place, the person subjecting himself to these healing agencies always has some degree of belief and faith in the possible efficacy of the agency employed, else he would not take the trouble and spend the time and money necessary to take the treatment. This faith may be merely a sneaking belief, but it is always there. Particularly where money is involved, this element must be present. For one does not part with money for treatments, which he feels certain will do no good. There is always some hope, belief, and faith present. Even the man who sneers at the idea of his warts being cured by a powwow has at least a faint hope of some possible good accruing to him, else he would not bother with the matter at all. This faint hope, belief, or faith is taken up by the subconscious mentality and is there intensified, magnified, and concentrated. It may be stated as a positive and invariable principle that without some degree of faith and hope, some degree of expectant attention, there can be no faith cure. This belief, hope, and faith may be hidden and apparently rejected by the conscious mentality, but its seeds and roots are present in the subconscious mentality and begin to grow and send forth shoots and sprouts under the power of the expectant attention. In the second place to explain the phenomena of faith cure by the statement it is merely suggestion is but to give the phenomena a new name. Affixing a new term is not a true explanation. Of course, faith cure is suggestion, but what is suggestion? Analyzing the phenomena attributed to suggestion and reducing the idea of suggestion to its essential elements, we find that suggestion consists of one, placing a strong idea in the mind, grafting it on the mind as it were. Two, arousing the expectant attention of the results implied or indicated in the suggested idea. And three, setting into operation the activities of the subconscious mentality in the direction of bringing about the result pictured by the expectant attention, which in turn has been aroused by the suggested idea. There you have the whole idea of suggestion in a nutshell. The suggested idea may be one of disease as well as of healing. It may be deliberately or otherwise grafted on the mind by another person, or it may arise through the auto-suggestion of the person himself, made up of the material of ideas or suggestions that he has picked up in his experience with the world. In each case, and in all cases, the suggested idea is an idea which strikes the mind with force and which seems quite reasonable i.e. worthy of some belief. The expectant attention may be that of either fear or of hope. As we have explained to you before, its characteristic element is holding in mind with the idea that it will come to pass, happen or occur in some way. The action of the subconscious mentality we have previously described to you, its action is that of accepting the suggested idea, manifesting the expectant attention even more powerfully and more consistently than does the conscious mentality and setting about to make the idea come true, to realize the expectation, to make come about that which is ideated and expected. You will find these elements in all cases of suggestion, just as you will find it in all cases of faith cure. Suggestion is the underlying statement of faith cure, to be sure but suggestion itself is merely a name employed to describe the mental activities in which we have referred. To say that faith healing is merely suggestion does not explain the matter unless it is stated or admitted that suggestion is a means of arousing certain mental activities. Suggestion is an excellent term when rightly understood, but it must not be employed as a fetish or as an easy manner of dismissing certain important phenomena. Suggestion is made up of one, strong ideas or mental pictures, and two, expectant attention arising from confident expectation, and the latter is faith. When this combined idea-faith is planted in the subconscious mentality of the person, it begins to grow, sprout, and to bring forth leaves, blossoms, and fruit in action and physical forms. Now then, All phenomena of faith cure and of suggestion as well are seen to depend upon the presence and action of the element or principle of faith power in the mentality of the individual. This faith power, however, is a much greater thing than mere healing power, great as is the importance of this particular and special phase of its manifestation. Healing power is merely one of many phases of the force and power of faith power merely one of its many forms of manifestation. The study of this phase of the whole subject and the application of the valuable principles involved in it is well worthwhile. But at the same time, you should not allow yourself to rest content with this one phase or form of its manifestation. The whole is always greater than any one of its component parts. What is the great lesson to be learned from the consideration of the wonderful phenomena of faith power in its phase of faith cure or of healing power? The answer is that there are two elements involved in that lesson. One, that there exists in this act of a great natural principle inherent in your natural mental physical organism, which tends to produce decided and marked effect upon your physical body, either in the direction of disease or that of health and the cure of disease. And that this power is at your disposal and command and to a great extent under your control. Number two, that this great principle is but a phase or form of a still greater universal principle of your being, which greater principle operates in the direction of setting to work forces, which tend to materialize in objective form that which exists in your mind in subjective form i.e. as idea and faith combined, correlated and coordinated. This greater power, like its lesser and specialized form is available for your use. It responds to your demands when properly made and submits itself to your general direction of idea and faith. By an application of the first of the above stated elements of this greater principle of your being and of nature as a whole, You may keep yourself in health, strength, and general desirable physical well-being, or you may bring about by it a gradual return to health and physical well-being, if you have lost these. Again, if you allow this principle to be directed wrongly and abnormally, you may lose your physical well-being and health, and you may start on the downward path of disease, the end of which is untimely death. Your physical condition is very largely dependent upon the character and kind of the ideas and ideals which you permit to be planted in your mind, and by the degree of expectant attention or faith which you permit to vitalize these ideas and ideals. Briefly stated, the course to be followed by you in this matter is as follows. One, encourage ideas and ideals of health, strength, and vitality, the ideas of physical well-being. To take lodgment in your mind, there to send forth their roots, sprouts, blossoms, and fruit, cultivate these ideas and ideals, and vitalize them with a goodly amount of expected attention, confident expectation, and faith along the lines of these conditions which you desire to be present in yourself. See yourself in your mind's eye as you wish to be and confidently expect to have these conditions manifested in you by your subconscious mentality. Two, never allow yourself to hold the ideas of diseased abnormal conditions, and above all, never allow yourself to cultivate the mental habit of expecting such conditions to manifest in your body. Cultivate the idea of faith and hope and discard that of fear. Three, if your mind has been filled with these negative, harmful, and destructive mental elements of idea and expectancy, And if your body has manifested disease in response to them, you should proceed to kill out these noxious mental weeds by a deliberate, determined, and confident cultivation of the right kind of ideas and ideals and states of expectancy. It is an axiom of advanced psychology that the positives tend to inhibit and to destroy the negatives. The weeds in the mental garden may be killed out by the careful and determined cultivation of the positive plants of hope, faith, and confident expectation of the good and desirable. As to the application of that greater principle of faith power, of which faith cure and healing power is but one phase of manifestation, we state to you that we are now leading you step by step in the direction of a full understanding of the nature and power of that greater principle and of its practical and efficient application. The consideration of its power in the phase of faith cure or healing power is important for you because it causes your mind conscious and subconscious to awaken to a realization of the presence and power of this principle of faith power as a whole and furnishes you with concrete examples of that presence power and of its manifestation in the everyday practical life of the individual. Faith power is present and active. It is potent and powerful, and it is friendly to you if you recognize and realize its existence. It is ready to serve you and to serve you well, provided that you call upon it properly and furnish it with the proper channels through which to flow in its efforts to manifest itself. This is the great truth back of the special lesson of faith cure.